there. Welcome to another life-transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwit Achero. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Are you enjoying that verse or those verses? 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Ask your neighbor, neighbor. How comes I don't see you in the morning for the morning glory? Or you see your neighbor. I will look at their faces. Do you see them? Some of you I'm seeing you now, but I don't see you in the morning. Mercy. Huh? Huh? Aura, praise the Lord. Amen. Will you be there? You are there? Amen. All right. Okay. Philip, praise the Lord. I didn't see your shiny head. Huh? Uh, don't, don't oversleep. Wake up and pray. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and sustains our brother. To the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, Tell your neighbor, I'm a saint of God. With all who in every place call on the name of Jesus. We are here to call upon the name of Jesus. Then verse 3, grace. And we looked at the different shades of grace. Amen. By the way, we are converting, we are converting it into a book. Wow. We are not happy. So grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then verse 4, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge. Now, we have been looking at thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Sneezing is an effect of fasting. <laughs> I hope so. So we've been looking at Thanksgiving, which is very, very important for us. I told you in the afternoon that Thanksgiving is expressing gratitude to God. Look, we are praying the scriptures we will not try and look for something good to pray about. We will pray what the scripture is saying. Do you understand? So if the scripture is talking about thanksgiving, then we pray thanksgiving. We thank God and we appreciate God for his goodness upon our lives. Amen. So tell your neighbor tonight we are going to give thanks to the Lord. So those who are not here, I talked about why we should thank God. And number one is because of the goodness of God. And we looked at three things that express the goodness of God. The goodness of God is nutritious. Amen. The goodness of God introduces very important spiritual nutrients in your life. That's why when you study the word of God, the word of God is milk. And the word of God is meat. So as you eat the word of God... As you receive the word of God, 
you are actually receiving spiritual nutrients and vitamins, carbohydrates, proteins, essential minerals. Those what, that, that is what you are receiving in your spirit. The goodness of God is full of flavor. The goodness of God has flavored our lives. Amen. Tell your neighbor, this is not how I used to be. What you see is the goodness of the Lord. Yeah, the goodness of the Lord has flavored our lives. Hallelujah. When I look at Lucy Cash, I see the flavor of the goodness of God upon her life. When I look at Pastor Renson, Lord have mercy, I see the flavoring agent of the goodness of God working in his life. Amen. And all of us is the goodness of God. Man, I look at Susan and I'm surprised. Oh, Lord. I saw her take a picture. Anyway, let's just say, it's the flavor of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. I can mention all of you. Hey, Pastor Tina, praise the Lord. It's the flavor of the goodness of the Lord. So look at the neighbor and tell them, I, I am not the way I used to be. The goodness of the Lord has worked in my life. Amen. The goodness of the Lord is also beneficial. It will benefit your life. Psalm 103, verse 2 to 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like that of an ego? Amen. Now, look at Psalms chapter 79. I don't know if we'll have scriptures. Oh, nice. Psalms chapter 79 and verse 13. It is important for us to be thankful to God because Paul is saying, I give thanks to God always concerning you. I give thanks to God. I, I am thankful to God always. We said in the afternoon that thanksgiving should be a lifestyle. We should always give thanks unto God. Amen. We have been praying about many things, but also don't forget to give thanks to God because it's also part of prayer. Psalms chapter 79 verse 13. So we, your people and sheep of your pasture, will give you thanks forever. We will show forth your praise to all generations. So all of us, we are sheep. Amen? We are God's people. And the scriptures command us to give thanks unto God always. Not occasionally, but always. Amen? So the second reason why you should give thanks to God is because of God's mercies upon your life. We give thanks to God because of his mercies. Mercy is being shielded from the punishment that you deserve. Mercy is being shielded or being absolved from a punishment that you deserve. Now, if you are a golfer like me, I'm the only one. I say if you are a golfer like me, there is something in golf called mulligan. Tell your neighbor mulligan. Mulligan is when you take a shot 
and it is a bad shot. Because sometimes you can think that ball will go straight. But after you swing, you realize that it didn't go straight. So sometimes you can take a bad shot. And when you take that bad shot, the people that you are playing with can be merciful to you. Because in golf, every shot counts. In golf, every shot, whether it is a bad one or a good one, every shot counts. So the people you are playing with can be merciful to you. And they can say, because you have taken a bad shot, we allow you to take another shot. So the second shot, you know, is, is, is what is a demonstration of mercy to you. So they, 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 they decide that they are, going, they are not going to count the first shot. So that is what we call a mulligan. So we need to give thanks to God because God has given us a lot of mulligans. I wish I had a witness in this house. He has given you a lot of mulligans, a lot of things that you deserve to have because of your weaknesses, because of your bad decisions, because of your bad blunders. I mean, God has decided to give you so many mulligans. And we are here today because we are products of mulligans. So many mulligans that God has given unto us. How dare you not give thanks to the Lord? You have taken so many bad shots. Some of them, you don't even like them. You have made so many bad decisions that have contributed to your pain and stagnation in life. But God has demonstrated mercies to you, giving you mulligan after mulligan after mulligan. Until now, you have gotten it. Now you are serving him, you are loving him, and you are pleasing him. How dare you not give thanks to the Lord? God has been good to you. God has been merciful to you. And we must learn to give thanks to him because of his mercies. Lamentation chapter 3 and verse 22 to 23. The Bible says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. If God was to remove his mercies, we shall be consumed. But through his mercies, we are not consumed because his compassion fail not. His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That means God has not exhausted his mulligans. I wish I had a witness. Over your life, every time you wake up in the morning, there is a mulligan for you. On Monday, there is a mulligan for you. On Tuesday, there is a mulligan for you. On Wednesday, there is a mulligan for you. On Thursday, there is a mulligan for you. By the way, even today, there is a mulligan for you. Can I hear a louder amen in this house? His mercies are new. Every morning. Every morning, God is giving you the benefit of doubt. Every day, God is giving you the benefit of doubt. He is ready to give you the second chance. He is ready to give you another chance. Hallelujah. We used to preach when I was growing up, the God of second chances. But I believe he's not just the God of second chances. He's also a God of third chances, fourth chances, fifth, sixth, seven. So many mulligans. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm a product of spiritual mulligans. And that's why we have to give thanks to God. Because if God was to remove his masses, we are done. You have to come to a place where you say, God, I thank you for your mercies. 
If it was not your masses, look at what the Bible says here. You could have been consumed. You could have been destroyed. You could have gone under. But the masses of God, they have protected you. Amen. First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 34, the Bible says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and for his mercies endures forever. Give thanks unto the Lord, because his mercies endures forever. Amen. No matter how old you grow here on earth, his mercies will still be available for you. Glory to God. This will encourage somebody here. Amen. No matter how long you stay here on earth, the mercies of God will never be exhausted. His mercies will still be available to you. And that's why we must give thanks to God because of his mercies. Amen. Number three, why should we give thanks? We give, th we give thanks to the Lord because we are alive. We are thanking God because we are alive. Paul says, I give thanks always for you. We are thanking God because we are alive. We are not dead. You know, ladies and gentlemen, you can actually remember how many funerals you have attended. Isn't it? Or how many deaths you've heard about. Some of them are countless. You have buried friends, you have buried colleagues, you have buried neighbors, you have buried workmates. There are so many deaths that you have actually, or funerals you have attended, deaths that you've heard about, yet you are still alive. Don't you see that God has been good to you? Amen. How many handfuls of soil have you picked to drop into the grave? How many flowers have you planted on that mound of soil because somebody has died? So many. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I have lost count of how many burial ceremonies I've conducted, how many crosses I have planted on the grave of those who have died. So being alive is a blessing. I say being alive is a blessing because you could be in the grave. Yeah, you could be actually, you could be the food of maggots and worms. Hallelujah. Yeah, Actually, worms could be eating your cheeks. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Your flesh is the food for worms. Yeah. Worms could be eating your, uh, your flesh right now. Maggots could be eating your flesh right now. But look, you are here. You are alive. And we thank God that you are alive. Amen. I mean, you know, when you hear of some deaths, you wonder. You wonder, this person, by the time they were dying, how was it? It must have been very painful. Because there are some people, when you hear about their deaths, I mean, how they were found, how the body was found, and the shape in which the body was found, you can tell that this person went through excruciating pain before they died. Isn't it? I mean, I was... I was I, I saw in the news, I think, today of a guy who was buried, is it a teacher in Nyeri, who was buried in a concrete concrete coffin. I've never seen something like that. In his house. So that means somebody killed him. 
and decided to bury him in a concrete um, concrete <laughs> coffin so that he may not be found. Can you imagine what he went through before he entered that concrete coffin? All right? This other guy, you know, that Americans are now involved. Hmm? I'm wondering why they are not involved of concerning this Nyeri guy. They are only involved concerning this guy. But the way he was found, you can imagine what he went through. You can imagine what he went through. You know, some bodies are found when they have been raped. So you can imagine what that woman went through before she was killed. Because some, some deaths are, some murders are brutal. By the time somebody is dying, the things they have done to that person. Some people are found without hands, without eyes. Some people are found without even tongue. The tongue is being removed. Yeah, some are found without their private parts. So you can imagine what that person went through before they died. And you, you are alive. And when you come to the house of God, you can't even say, thank you, Lord. Look, tell your neighbor, you need to be grateful that you are alive. Oh yeah, people disappear. People disappear. And they say the last time he was seen with a red trouser. Sorry if you're wearing a, a red trouser. Yeah, thank God nobody's wearing a red trouser. The last time <laughs> he was seen with a red trouser and um, a black jacket. That's the last, oh sorry, if you're wearing. <laughs> okay, let me not use colors. Let's just say he was seen. And then after that, nobody knows where the person went. You know, I have a cousin who named a child after me. After me. She called her child Dazzled. And one day, in the evening, she waited for that child to come back to the house. And the child never came back to the house. She has been searching for that child all these years. In fact, there's a day we spoke on the phone and she told me, just comfort me because I know you're called Dazwet. My Dazwet disappeared, but at least I know this other Dazwet is alive. Up to today, she has never seen that child. She doesn't know where the child is. You know? One time she was told that your child was seen in Nairobi. She came to Nairobi. Now, if somebody tells you your child was seen in Nairobi, where do you start from? Where do you start from? So she came, she went around looking for the child, nothing, and she went back home. Her heart is broken. She's longing for the day, somebody will tell her. Because she was saying, I'd rather even be told that he's dead. I go to the grave so that I can close that chapter. Because she doesn't know where that child is. Look, being alive is a blessing. I say being alive is a blessing. Yeah, don't take it for granted that you are alive. You should always be thankful to God. Hallelujah. Lift your hand and, and thank God for just being alive. Even if you don't have a car, just being alive is a blessing. People are being kidnapped every day. Yeah. There are people who disappear. We see in the news, they say this guy has disappeared. Never to be seen again. It's a blessing. I say it's a blessing. I say it's a blessing to be alive. Psalms chapter 6 and 
verse 5. Psalms chapter 6 and verse 5. What does the Bible say? For in death there is no remembrance of you. In the grave, who will give you thanks? So you can't wait until you go to the grave. Then that's when you say, now I want to give thanks to, to God. In the grave, you can never give thanks to God. You being alive, you being here, is a reason enough for you to give thanks unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes you might not have money. You might not have a nice car. You might not be living in a big house. You might not be wearing designer clothes. But let me tell you, the fact that you're just bringing in, breathing in oxygen, eh? your eyes can see, you can walk. Let me tell you, it's reason enough for you to give thanks unto God. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's reason enough just to give God thanks that you are alive. For in death, there is no remembrance of you. Yes. In the grave, who will give you thanks? When you're dead, you cannot thank God. This is the time for you to give thanks unto God. Hallelujah. Many times we complain about the things we don't have. We grumble a lot. We whine. You know, we are crying. We are complaining. Oh God, I want this. But let me tell you, just being alive, just being alive, thank God for it. Hallelujah. Just being alive, thank God for it. Look, as a pastor, I've gone to many mobs. I remember there's a time I went to the city mortuary. It's not a very easy place to be. City mortuary here in Nairobi. It's not a very easy place to be because everybody that is picked on the road who has been hit, everybody that, you know, is dead and he doesn't have a relative, people that were picked in a dam site, children that were picked, they take them there. And I remember going there and there is this funeral that I was supposed to conduct and we did it there because the people had to travel to Kisi. And I remember walking to go with the family inside so that we can pick the body, identify the body. And I was walking past bodies that were being eaten by rats because nobody has claimed those bodies. And so those guys were not taking care of them. And the rats were running around eating. Hey! And the rats were big. It was scary. It was very scary. And the stench, I'm telling you, was something else. This pastoral work, you need the grace and the anointing. I'm telling you. For two days, it was very difficult for me to eat meat. Yeah? So I'm trying to show you that being alive is a blessing. You see, when you, when you die, your flesh is nothing. If you don't have relatives that can claim your flesh, I'm telling you, rats will eat you. They will eat you. You'll be thrown somewhere. You'll be dumped somewhere. If your family doesn't come to claim you, you'll be dumped somewhere. And people forget about you. Put somewhere in a city mortuary. That's why being alive is a blessing. You should always thank God. One more time, stretch your hands and thank God that you are alive. It's a blessing. You are alive. Thank God that you are alive. In the grave, who will give you thanks? But here on earth, because we are alive, we'll give you thanks. Number five, why should you give thanks? To break limitations. When you give thanks, you break limitations. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 15, 
verse 32. This is what the Bible says. Matthew chapter 15. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. Verse 33. Then his disciples say to him, where could we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? The need was greater than supply. Then Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few little fish. Verse 35. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. Keep going. And he took the seven loaves. Now watch this. He took the seven loaves. Limited supply. Limited resources. He took the seven loaves and the fish. And what did he do? He gave things. He said, Lord, I can see there are so many hungry stomachs here. And we only have seven loaves. But I give you thanks for the seven loaves. At least we have something. He gave thanks for the seven loaves. And then what happened? He broke them. And he gave them. Go back. He broke them and gave them to his disciples. And the disciples gave to the multitude. Verse 37. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. Why did this happen? It's because of thanksgiving. When there is some thanksgiving in your life, you will break every limitation in your life. Tonight I prophesy, as you lift up your thanksgiving to God, every limitation in your life is breaking in the name of Jesus. Every limitation imposed on your finances and resources is breaking in the name of Jesus. Can I hear louder amen in this house? Give somebody high five if you still have energy. I know you are fasting. And tell them every limitation is breaking in your life. It's breaking in your life. It's breaking in your life. Sometimes when you look at your family, the food is not enough. And the family is hungry. You have hungry stomachs. Before you eat, lift it up and give thanks to the Lord supernaturally everybody will be filled that day don't ask me how it is supernatural that is how powerful thanksgiving is when we give thanks our resources multiply when we give thanks the limitation that is imposed on our resources is removed and we experience abundance tonight as you give thanks unto the lord may you experience abundance may you experience increase may you experience more than enough May you experience divine supply. Shout a louder, amen. Mm. Powerful. And there was a surplus. There was a surplus because of thanksgiving. Number seven, why should we give thanks? I have so many. Huh? What do you mean five? Mercy was two. Being alive was three. <laughs> All right, number five, we should give thanks because of victory in our lives. We should give thanks because of victory. You see, when you give thanks, even before engaging in warfare, your victory is already assured. Hallelujah. Even before you fight Goliath, when you just give thanks, 
your victory is sure. I don't know who is here who is going through a very tough, fierce battle. I recommend thanksgiving. When you give thanks to the Lord, God will show up at the battlefield and he will grant you victory. Can I hear an amen? Tonight I prophesy as we raise our thanksgiving to God. Every battle that is waiting for us in February, in March, in April, in June, all the way to December, as we thank the Lord, victory is sure. Shout a louder, amen. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. What does the Bible say? Second Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. Now thanks be to God. Thanks be to who? Who does it? Who does what? Who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. We are giving thanks because he's always giving us victory. Oh yes, always. Always. So when I see you giving up, it is a sign you are not grateful. You are not thankful. When I see you, you know, throwing in the towel, it's a sign that you're not grateful because every time you give thanks to God, then victory is sure. Hallelujah. I say victory is sure every time we give thanks to the Lord. Every battle that you are going to engage in tonight, engage the key, the force of thanksgiving and you shall win. I see you winning. I see you overcoming. I see you overcoming that battle. I see you winning over that devil. Shout a louder amen. As you raise your thanksgiving to God, God will fight for you in the name of Jesus. Shout a louder amen. Tell your neighbor, 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 neighbor. Every battle in your life, when you give thanks, you shall win. You shall win. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. He doesn't lead us to fail. He leads us in triumph. Amen. Number? Uh, number six. To avoid wickedness. We give thanks to avoid wickedness. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 1, we give thanks to avoid wickedness. Wickedness is all around us. This world is very wicked, I'm telling you. Very wicked. So we give thanks to avoid wickedness. Have you realized that you can actually stay and be peaceful by just consecrating yourself to God? Not watching TV. Are you, are you peaceful? Are you enjoying life? I'm not watching TV. I'm enjoying life. It's beautiful. Yeah. That TV that you have bought is also an avenue of wickedness. <laughs> Isn't it true? It is true. It's an avenue of wickedness. Sometimes you are just okay and then you watch something on TV and it defiles you. Or it makes you lonely. Or you are single, you are from this revival meeting. Feel very encouraged. Then you go and say, Let me just flip through the channels and see what is happening. Then you see something that makes you feel more lonelier. You see Alejandro. <laughs> so giving thanks keeps us.
from wickedness because there is wickedness all around us. I'm telling you. There is wickedness all around us. Murder, envy, jealousy, yeah? perversion, immorality, fornication. They are all around us. By the way, that TV thing, you should be very careful with it. Because if you keep on watching some things, you will think that it's supposed to be like that. You understand? Yeah. Me, when I grew up, can I be honest with you? When I grew up, I didn't know that a man can love another man. Me, when I was growing up. Because my, 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 there was no TV in our house. So we were not watching any TV. I remember the first day my father bought a TV. It was black and white. I even remember the name. It's, it's Heimstad. Black and white. He brought the TV. Let me tell you, there was celebration. But that day did not work properly. It had a lot of this to tiny circles. You call it rice. And then the, the, the sound was not clear. It was shh. But let me tell you, the excitement. We didn't care. We were so close to the TV. We, were, we wanted to see the people who were behind the circles, those small circles. I remember we watched the TV until the station closed. Because those days they were closing the station at around midnight. Eh? Yeah, Voice of Kenya, VOK. At midnight, the thing goes blank. And as we were there, we were waiting for the station to be opened. We didn't go to sleep. My mother is the one who dragged us. She told us, go and sleep because it, it will be open the following day at four. We were willing to stay. That's how excited we were. After I grew up, is when I started seeing these stories of a man falling in love with another man. A woman falling in love with another woman. Then you are here, you are seated, you are watching your nice movie, you are enjoying your nice movie, you are enjoying... And then, boom. You know, the way they bring it. Even you don't know where the remote is. Hey, where is the remote? Where? Children, close your eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> so there's wickedness. Tell your neighbor, there's wickedness all around us. That's why we must give thanks. Amen? We must give thanks. There's wickedness all over the place. People are sleeping around, I'm telling you. Like crazy. And that is the story they bring on Monday. Are you listening to them? You, you are from church. Then they are saying the way they went to Naivasha, what they did, it was a threesome. You, you, you don't even know what a threesome. You're asking... Is it Holy Trinity? That's how naive you are. <laughs> what is threesome? <laughs> wickedness. Am I saying the truth? Wickedness. You drive, you see wickedness. Oh, yes. It's around the corner. It's where you stay. Wickedness. You know one time we're in town when Daswit came to preach. 
and we had dinner with him as we were leaving. He saw some ladies. And Pastor Mary told me, she was looking at me because those ladies were approaching. <laughs> anyway, let, let, let me continue. <laughs> Why do you want to know? And she asked me a question. Hey, actually she made a statement. She said, hey, I'm glad I'm here with you. Because it is not easy. The way the ladies were coming. Yes, they were coming. They were coming to the anointed man of God. (laughs) Pastor Mary just made a comment. She said, I'm glad. I am here with you. So you can see sometimes you are just innocent. Doing, just enjoying your own life. Then wickedness is looking for you, Pastor Aronson. <laughs> That's why we must be thankful. All the time. Amen. We must be. Yes. And there's a time I was alone. Just in town alone. I don't know. I had done a meeting. That time we were doing um, this Kesha's Ignition Night. And I remember I was driving back. I used that Parliament Road. And the ladies were standing on the road to stop me. Yeah. When they see a car, they see money. When they see a car, they see a customer. I got home and I told Pastor Mary, Pastor Mary, let's thank the Lord. I survived. <laughs> I don't know if she remembers. I remember mentioning to her. Yes, wickedness. Tell your neighbor there's wickedness all over. Ephesians, let's read this scripture and then we'll pray. I have one more, but maybe I'll give you another day. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Give us the scripture. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Verse 2. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as is fitting for saints. Then verse 4. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting. We don't have time to go into details. But rather giving of thanks. Hallelujah. Oh, I thought you would get excited. When you give thanks to the Lord, it immunizes you against this wickedness. It protects you against this wickedness. Because every time you are thanking God, your mind is thinking about God. Every time you're, think, you're, 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 you're giving thanks to the Lord, you're just thinking about God. So you have no space for filthiness. But when you keep quiet and you start grumbling, then all these things begin to bombard you. We need to be thankful. And lastly, why should we be thankful? Because it is the will of God. It puts us, it, it puts us at the epicenter of God's will. First Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. 
it puts us at the epicenter of God's will. Give thanks. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So when you give thanks, you're in the will of God. When you complain and grumble, you're out of the will of God. When you give thanks, you're in the will of God. How many want to be in the will of God? I want to be in the will of God. If you want to be in the will of God, one of the ways is to do what? Is to give thanks. Are we ready to give thanks today? That's what we're going to do today. Let's, lift, let's stand to our feet and lift up our hands. And I'm going to lead you on how we're going to give thanks to the Lord. Number one, I want you to thank God because of his mercies over your life. The things that God has kept you from. Just open your mouth. You can walk around, whatever you can do. Open your mouth and just begin to thank God for his mercies over your life in the name of Jesus. Mercies, mercies, mercies. Mercies, mercies, mercies. Thank him for his mercies. Oh, yes. We thank you, Lord, for your mercies. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazu Techero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.